For today, let me welcome Paula Quincy. She is a relationship expert, also author of Embracing Conflict. Paula, good morning to you and thanks for joining us today. Hello, Paula. All right, we seem to be having a connection issue with Paula there. Of course, we are going to be focusing on how to embrace conflict. We know that we've come out of what has been, you know, a difficult number of years. And as the reopening of schools also came into effect, we're talking about the different financial difficulties that people are having to navigate through. But I think, you know, just the impact of COVID-19, staying with families, uh, staying, lingering on in relationships. So how do we manage conflict? Uh, Paula, I trust you can hear me this time around. Good morning. Hi, Kathy. Morning to you and the listeners. Yes. So, you know, a conflict is often something that some people either run towards conflict, others run away from conflict. Uh, talk to us about this idea of embracing a conflict. So, you know, from a very young age, we're not taught how to deal with conflict. You know, it's come across as an, an awkward and uncomfortable and ugly thing, which is why we tend to avoid it. But if we look underneath that, what's really going on there is we're being challenged on some level, which feels uncomfortable. It's either pushing us out of our comfort zone, um, it's making us uncomfortable, which is why we resist it. It's also why people resist change. But what we really need to understand is that conflict is actually growth trying to happen. So what can I learn about myself? What can I learn about the other person? What can I learn about this situation to either get um, more deeper insights, a different perspective, or different ways of looking at what this is to find a solution going forward? I really love how you phrased it. Growth, uh, conflict rather, is growth trying to happen. During this time of the year, what are often the issues that lead to conflict in, in relationships? The, the start of the year, there's you know new pressures and expectations on us that we place on ourselves as individuals in terms of what is going to be different this year. Potentially from a couple perspective, you know, what's going to be different in our relationship this year? Is it just going to be more of the same? How are our life stresses adding to that pressure? Expectations from work, um, family, you know, raising children, roles and responsibilities, financial as well, especially this time of the year with school and school fees and uniforms and all of those things. So those all contribute to conflict in a relationship and with partners not feeling heard or supported or acknowledged or valued in the process. Mm. And that conflict sometimes is not just in relationships, but you you have conflict within the workplace as well, conflict with um, colleagues. Absolutely. In any, any relationship, you will always have conflict. And conflict can be as simple as we have a different view or a different opinion. It doesn't necessarily mean that there is going to be shouting and screaming matches. It can be as simple as we have a different view and different perspective. So how do we agree to disagree? Or how do we still be respectful in the process and acknowledge that that is your view, that is your opinion, or that is where you are coming from. It doesn't make either one of us right or wrong or a good person or a bad person. It's how do we find a way forward that each person 
is heard and acknowledged or they feel heard and acknowledged in the process. Mm-hmm. And that's where communication comes in. When it comes to trying to resolve conflict, there are, of course, always two parties involved. And sometimes you're not always in charge of how the other person might react. What is it that we can do to take control of managing conflict wherever it arises in in our lives? So you're absolutely right. We cannot control how someone else is going to react. We can only control our own reactivity. So first of all, being aware of what are your reactive triggers? How do you know when you're becoming reactive? Um, you know, do you start raising your voice? Do you start becoming defensive? Do you shut down and withdraw? And then what do you do with that information? How do you self-regulate your own emotions to co-create that safe space where you can still try and have the conversation in a respectful way? Even if that means putting a pause on the conversation and saying, you know, I can see we're getting reactive, I can see we're getting defensive, let's come back in an hour or two hours' time or tomorrow morning once we've had time to think about this, reflect on it, uh, process what each other has shared, and let's bring some solutions to the table. Mm. There are times where in the midst of conflict, uh, people agree to disagree and you find that, you know, conflict either that conflict stays in place and it remains unresolved. When should one make an effort to resolve conflict? I think, first of all, having realistic expectations and that you will never, ever agree with anybody 100% on every single thing. Because by default, we are different human beings, we're different individuals, we've got different upbringings and views and, you know, traditions and cultures and all those kind of things. So it's about being able to, you know, agree to disagree on certain things and accept that some of those things are never going to be resolved. And it's not about trying to get you and win you over and prove that my way is the only way because sometimes there is more than one way or one option to resolving conflict we just need to be open to hearing that and and looking at it and exploring it and discussing it and um you know coming together with the right mindset Mm. which is a solution orientated mindset And finding a middle ground. Now, finding a middle ground doesn't mean that I have to give in or give up and do things your way. It's how do we find a way where we both feel like we are benefiting and we're both walking away feeling heard and having some form of contribution to the situation and some form of resolution that gives me a sense of acceptance or closure or, um, you know, that's that my, my point of view has been taken into account and into consideration. From your line of work, Paula, um, when it comes to dealing with conflict, do you find that there are some relationships where it's easier um, to resolve conflict than, than others, whether it's through the workplace, relationships, family? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, some, and this is where emotional safety or psychological safety plays a large role in terms of the relational space, the space between two people, and how safe that space feels to, to be open and honest and transparent and vulnerable with the other person. Now, in some cases, you know, someone may cross your boundaries and completely, um, you know, impose on your own boundaries and your non-negotiables or your deal breakers. So, for example, breaking your trust. 
um, or being deceitful or being dishonest, those kind of things. And that's where it is up to you as an individual. When you feel that your boundaries have been crossed, you are able to put down a boundary and say, no, I'm not going to accept or tolerate this kind of behavior and I'm either going to remove myself from the situation or I'm going to remove this person from my environment because it's creating a toxic situation, a toxic environment that's having a negative impact on me. Mm. What you're raising is so important uh, around boundaries and not only being able to respect your own boundaries, but having other people respect those boundaries because Sometimes, you know, it can look like you're being dramatic and people can think, well, why are you making such a big deal out of this? Absolutely. And it's also about how do you respect other people's boundaries as well? Mm. And, you know, everybody's going to have a different view and a different opinion and different ideas. It's not about, you know, we we naturally want to prove or, or raise a point that my way is the only way or my way is the right way. And that's not necessarily true. You know, so how do you then find that that middle ground or that person or even get to that point where you go, I heard you, I understand what you say, I can see where you're coming from, but it's not necessarily my view um, and therefore I'm going to agree to disagree with you and leave it at that. Mm. At at which point uh, during conflict do you think uh, perhaps people should give consideration to having mediation? I think where um, it's becoming um, very reactive and volatile, so for example in the workplace you can bring in a third person, whether it's a leader or a mentor or somebody that is unbiased and can facilitate the discussion, or from a personal point of view, a marriage or a relationship, it's seeking a professional or a marriage counselor or someone that can facilitate the discussion and help each other to see things from each other's perspective and find a solution or, or a way forward for both parties. Mm. It, it sounds like resolving conflict also requires a great deal of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. You know, you you need to be willing to see things from other people's perspectives and not just from your own. And it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's having an open mind and it's being able to really hear where the other person is coming from as well and what's really going on for them. And generally what's going on underneath all of this is emotional needs are not being met in some way, form or shape. I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling valued. I'm not Mm. feeling appreciated. I'm not feeling acknowledged. I'm feeling invisible. I'm feeling shut down. I'm feeling invalidated. Normally those are the underlying causes of conflict. Paula Quincy, relationship expert and author of Embracing Conflict. That's all we have time for for today. Thank you so much, Paula, for coming on to the show and sharing your insights. You're welcome.